today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Alec uh, Manassian, and Manassian is expected in court today. You might remember uh, this was the uh, person allegedly who drove the van uh, through Toronto and, uh, and, and took down lots in his wake. Uh, he's the man accused of the uh, deadly van attack that occurred back in April. To talk more about all of this, he is in court today. Mark Carcassol is with us, news reporter, Global News, and he is with us now. Mark, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate this. Thanks for having me. So what exactly did happen today? What was the reason of the visit? Uh, it was essentially a sort of a, a short procedural matter. Uh, it took no more than about five minutes. Alec Manassian was not here in person or by video, only his lawyers. Uh, essentially what this was was the last time he was in court, uh, Crown Attorneys had uh, notified the court that they planned to put forward a motion to the Attorney General's office uh, that would waive uh, Manassian's ability to... Uh, uh, essentially stay here in the Court of Justice and move his trial on to Superior Court. That hasn't 100% gone through yet, but it is expected to. Uh, and essentially what this is is a way to just um, shorten up the proceedings, sort of speed things along. So it is expected that uh, his next hearing, which is going to take place December 4th, will take place in Superior Court. That's where uh, high-profile, you know, first-degree murder cases like this one uh, get tried. There's still a ways to go before his trial actually starts, but this speed thing, speeds things up a bit, although his lawyers say it could still be another year and a half or so before he stands trial proper. Obviously, uh, I'm sure that's a benefit to the victims not having to go through this process. Any, bit, any benefit for him at all? Any benefit for him at all? Well, I guess the only benefit would, would be that, you know, things are, are, are done faster. He learns his fate a little faster. There's also the potential for, while his uh, lawyer didn't discuss it today, if he does plan on putting forward any sort of uh, plea in this matter, uh, the ability for him to do that comes a little quicker. Uh, and he's not essentially uh, sitting in limbo there for uh, as long as he would if they had just let matters stand the way they would. Uh, again, uh, his lawyer, Boris Batensky, wouldn't discuss that. He says it's still far too early. Another interesting thing he discussed was the fact that this is such a high-profile case with so many victims, uh, and it had such an impact on the city and the region, really, that he's concerned that his client may not be able to receive a fair trial here. And so while he's not absolutely pursuing it yet, he didn't rule out the possibility of looking to relocate the trial to another jurisdiction where they might be able to find jurors who are, are a little less familiar with the case and uh, might be a little more unbiased. Wow, this is uh, a case that made uh, news right across the country. Is yeah. that difficult to do, to find another place where someone doesn't know about this? I think it's a difficulty, but it's, it's not unheard of. Uh, for instance, Michael Rafferty, when he was tried uh, for first-degree murder in the death of Tory Stafford, uh, that incident happened in Woodstock. His case was relocated not far, but it was relocated to London. So it's, it's nothing that's unprecedented. But, yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, given the high-profile nature of this case, the headlines are made right, ar- right across the country, that's, that's not going to be an easy feat. Uh, any word from families, victims' families at this point? Not directly from victims' families, although there was a lawyer here uh, who does represent one of the victims' families. She represents the family of Tesfa Mariam. Uh, her sort of uh, line of discussion here was that uh, there's a fund, I don't know if, uh, if many remember, that was uh, created by the City of Toronto and the Toronto Foundation called the Toronto Strong Fund, and it was to donate money to the uh, victims and their families. And that ended up uh, coming in at a little over $3 million. Uh, this lawyer, essentially what she says is that $3 million spread across 25 families 
is just not enough. Many of the victims are still recovering in hospital from their injuries. And as you mentioned earlier, this happened back in April. Uh, these are traumatic injuries, physical injuries, uh, mental and emotional trauma as well. Uh, a lot of scars still being carried there. So she's saying that these victims need more money to deal with the fallout from this incident. $3 million is not enough for all of them. And she's calling on the federal government to step up and pitch in on this fund as well. Uh, any? Do we know anything more about the suspect? There's nothing new at this point because he wasn't here. Uh, his lawyer, Boris Potensky, wasn't really willing to discuss much about him. Uh, wouldn't talk about how he felt about today's matter. Uh, wouldn't talk about uh, how he's doing mentally. He said that there is an option there for him to sort of be reevaluated mentally uh, over the course of these proceedings, but wouldn't really discuss when that would happen or, or if that's something that he plans on pursuing. So we don't really know much more about him than we learned in the days that followed the incident that he's accused in. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.